0: Welcome to Transformation Church RVA. This sermon is a part of our series called Our Prayer. We want to start this new year on our knees in prayer, asking the Lord to shape our church and transform our community by the gospel. May this revival be marked by a biblical understanding of the image of God in men and women and racial reconciliation amongst the body of Christ, transcending and restoring our culture. Let's jump into the Word of God for today so that we can, um, so He can work in our hearts in a way that's going to be transformative. To where I hope you know that the Word of God doesn't just work when we're in church on Sundays, the Word of God works wherever it is proclaimed. And so we're going to proclaim it online today. And uh, so this will um, hopefully take root in your heart and have us operating differently, more like Christ, as we go throughout the week. Now, uh, let me recap just quickly. You and I, if you've been um, at the church the last couple weeks, have been going through a series called Our Prayer. Our Prayer is a series we do every year in January to reset. So many people are resetting diets, you're resetting your gym routine, you're resetting family routines, you're organizing the house, you're decluttering, you should be doing the same thing with your spiritual life. And so our prayer, this series, these few weeks together are designed to help us reset um, and specifically to tune our heart to the heart of God. I'll say that again. This series is designed to tune our hearts to the heart of God. Now, uh, week one, uh, we focused on prayer and how important prayer is to the life of a Christian. And in week two, just last week, so if you're just now joining us for the first time, you can rewatch those, you can replay those, um, and also. You can tack this one on. So just last week, we talked in week two about the vision God has for Transformation Church RVA in this coming 2022, and that vision was for revival in our families, for a revival of bold faith, and then a revival of God-size proportions. Um... We want to be able to stand back at the end of the year and say, look at what God has done. Not look at what I have done. I wasn't able to do this. There's no program, there's no system that was able to do this. God did this. And that's been our prayer for you this week and in the coming weeks for your family, for your faith. Uh, and this brings us to week number three. Week number three. Um Today, nationally, across uh, the u s primarily, uh, we celebrate sanctity of life sunday now if you if you 're unfamiliar with church or that, that may be unfamiliar to you, what sanctity of life Sunday is is historically it 's a Sunday where we talk about the value of human life that the image of God is Put on display in all of mankind. Uh, Over the years, the primary focus has been abortion. uh, And that we want to fight for the value of life, not just uh, for those who have been born, but for those who have yet to be born. That life starts at conception. That's what we believe, based on God's word. Um, And frankly, science... Also backs that view. So, um, for those who think that science and the Bible just can't exist together, I would ask you to actually rewind and look back at history. Science is constantly catching up with the Bible. Um, So, I hope that's encouraging for you today. But Sanctity of Life Sunday is a Sunday that at T Church, at Transformation Church RBA, we want to make sure is more than about the baby in the womb. We, we say this almost universally every year. The sanctity of life has to be about the image of God, not just in the child that's unborn, but in the mother and in the father and those grandparents, in our neighbors. Um, that We find this Word Amago Day, which is what we refer to when we say the image of God, is found first in Genesis chapter one, at the very beginning of the book. We see Genesis chapter one, verses 26 and 27 says, "Then God said, "Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea." The birds in the air, the livestock, and all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Look at verse 27. So God created human beings in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. We see an even uh, more detailed depiction here in the next, the very next chapter, chapter two, kind of a detailed picture of of the creation of man and woman, humankind, and that everyone that is human bears the image of God. All humans bear the image of God. The ones we like and the ones we don't like, the people who make the right choices And the people who don't all bear the image of God. The ones who have a voice, who have a platform, they bear the image of God. But even the ones who have no voice and are silenced and have no platform, they also bear the image of God. The rich and the poor, every ethnicity, bears the image of God. Now, This may sound, for some of you, like, oh, well, that doesn't even need to be said. Carl, you're preaching to the choir. Let me tell you, it includes the ethnicities that you are uncomfortable with. This has been true since biblical times. Uh, You've heard of the Samaritans in the Bible. The Samaritans were uh, constantly faced discrimination and oppression and judgment on a regular basis because they were, at the time, they were a mix of Jews and Gentiles. That's where the Samaritans, and so they were mixed people, mixed ethnicities, and they were judged because of it. This meant that the religious elite who cast oppression constantly on this group of people, they were in the wrong because every Human, every ethnicity bears the image of God, including the ones you're uncomfortable around. If you go back to nine uh, Pearl Harbor, let's go even back farther. If you go to Pearl Harbor, uh, some of the injustices, the oppression, the hate that was uh, thrown upon our Japanese brothers and sisters is on record. It's historical. That they were oppressed. Now, some of you are going to sit back in your seat and say, well, you know, you you, you don't understand, Carl, you weren't around. Let me tell you something. There are people we despise. There are people um, that we don't understand that bear the image of God just because we don't like them, we're uncomfortable with them, does not remove from them the image of God just because of your judgment upon them. 9-11. Most of you will remember that that are watching today. 9-11 filled with massive oppression and injustice against Middle Eastern, uh, people with of Middle Eastern origin. And frankly, it's odd because you would see it a lot in churches. Um, I would even hear church members joke about getting on an airplane and being nervous around a Middle Eastern man sitting in front of them in the seat. And it was disgusting because that could have very well, if Jesus were alive in our time, it would have been him. Jesus was Middle Eastern. I wonder sometimes if we're actually willing to admit some of the things that we struggle with Even in the coronavirus time, the time we're in now, um, so much hate and injustice against people of Asian descent. And and can can I just level with you today? Every ethnicity bears the image of God, and it should, as a Christian, It should affect how we interact with people who we're comfortable with and we're uncomfortable with, the ones who have done us right, the ones who have done us wrong. Um, Evil exists. I hope this is not news to you. Evil exists in every ethnicity, including your own. But the image of God is born in the oppressed And the ones that aren't oppressed, where the image of God is not championed, where the image of God is not championed and valued, abuse, darkness, and sin reign. And so today, what I hope to get across to you is this, that as Christians, we cannot be indifferent Towards the oppression of those who bear the image of God. You see, sanctity of life has to be more about, more than just about the baby. It has to be everyone who bears the image of God. Life is important. We have to be people who value life. We cannot be indifferent towards the oppression of those who bear the image of God. So let me take you to the text for today. Proverbs 24, if you want to turn in your Bibles, uh, look it up on your phone, wherever you're at today, you can look it up. Proverbs 24, let's look at 11 and 12. Starting in verse 11, it says, Rescue those who are unjustly sentenced to die. Save them as they stagger to their death. Verse 12, don't excuse yourself by saying, look, we didn't know. For God understands all hearts and he sees you. He who guards your soul knows you knew. He will repay all people as their actions deserve. You may have not heard a sanctity of life message like this, but what I want to talk about Um, is a little different, because most of you would say you do value life, that you do value the image of God born in all people, because you're a Christian. You would say, yes, I value that. But then your life might not be reflecting it, and I would say, based on this text right here, that something we may be wrestling with that we may be unaware of. Have you ever been wrestling with something you're unaware of? Um, this could be the case today because I think some of us may be dealing with the sin of negligence. Wherever you're at, right there in your living room or in your car, or skating down an ice slicked hill, wherever you're watching this sermon, I want you to say negligence. Um, some of you who watch, you know, criminal shows, criminal justice shows, or or aware of our criminal justice system, you know this word negligence. Did you know you can be convicted of negligent homicide, negligent murder? Did you know that? Um, Our legal system recognizes it on the regular. But it can also have spiritual implications, and we see them here in Proverbs. And so what I want to talk about today is the sin of negligence, and that as Christians, we cannot be indifferent we can't be indifferent towards the oppression of those who bear the image of God. Um, many today, you may think uh, that it's just those who are violent or abusive towards others who ignore the image of God. But what I would, te- what I would have to say to you is this. Uh, it also includes those who ignore opportunities to save and value life. So it's not just those who are oppressive, but those who ignore oppression that don't value life. Truly, you may say it in word, but you wouldn't be about it indeed. So if you would say today, oh, yeah, I'm behind you, pastor. Uh, You know, I'm against oppression, but you ignore it on a regular basis or you are negligent of it. You are. Guilty of the sin of negligence. Um, Someone who neglects to save a life would be guilty of killing. Just as guilty as the person who does the killing. So you don't have to be the oppressor to devalue the image of God on humans, on us, on you and I, on your neighbors. You can be guilty of that same violence and abuse by ignoring it. By neglecting it. Within footsteps of Transformation RVA's door. Are people who live lives like we would see in 11. That need rescuing. That need to be saved from staggering to their death. Just up the street. There are um, motels of people who need Folks, to not ignore it, not to neglect them, but to step in. Just because you're not the one oppressing doesn't mean you're uh, you're not responsible as Christians. Some of us are comfortable just stepping back and leaning back and say, "Hey, that's not me." If they had made more, if they were more like me, they wouldn't be in this position. But that is one of pride, and one that the Lord would not reflect. Within footsteps of our door, there are people who need rescuing, who need saving, and we cannot be neglectful of it. Uh, James four seventeen we just talked about recently, and it says that to him that knows to do good and doesn't do it, it is sin. It's sin. The sin of negligence. Now, this is going to hit home for some of us. Can I tell you, it's hit home for this uh, preacher boy right here. Carl has felt conviction over this because how many times have I seen oppression and done nothing? I wasn't responsive to it. I read a quote. It said, violence slays its thousands, but negligence slays its tens of thousands. Violence slays its thousands, but negligence slays its tens of thousands. Understand that just because you're not a violent person and just because you may not be the oppressor, your negligence, your ignorance, your ignoring of it makes you just as culpable as a Christian. As Christians, we can't be indifferent. We cannot Today, right now, in this moment, in 2022, we cannot be indifferent to those around us who are being oppressed, including the ones in the womb, all the way to the tomb. So from womb to tomb, we have got to care. So let's talk about, just a moment, the excuse That we see here in the scripture of negligence. Here's the excuse. And some of you have already been guilty of. You've thought it since I started the message. Look in verse um, 12. Don't excuse yourself by saying look. We didn't do it. Or we didn't know. Look we didn't know. Is the most cowardly lie. In the sin of negligence. So I would ask you this question, have you and I, have we made an attempt to know our neighbors and what they are walking through? Sometimes blissful ignorance seems to be celebrated in our culture, but the Bible does not parade around blissful ignorance. Ignorance can be uh, and is often a result of a sinful lack of care. Um, another type of ignorance is born out of familiarity. So um, this, this is probably the one I see the most. We've been numbed by the news. We see it so much. Carl, we, there's so much pain. There's there's so much uh, brokenness and oppression around us. Pastor, I, sometimes I just don't know what to do about it. So we just become too familiar with it. Commentator McLaren, he, he, he had this to say. He said, we all know how customs dull our impressions. It is well that it should be so for a surgeon would be fit For little, if he trembled and was shaken at the sight of a tumor, he had to work to remove, as we should be. But his familiarity with misery does not harden him because he seeks to remove the suffering with which he has become familiar. But that same familiarity does harden And injure the whole nature of the onlooker who does nothing to alleviate it. So so here's here's what he's saying. Just like a surgeon, no longer, he he doesn't shake or tremble when he goes to cut out a tumor that's killing someone. He's become familiar with it, he doesn't tremble at it, but he knows that he's going in to alleviate, he's going in to fix, to repair. But some of the numbness that some of us struggle with comes from a familiarity of looking, but never doing. Can I tell you about my first night um, that I went out with our hotel ministry team uh, out to Jefferson Davis Highway? It was my first night out, really excited about it. We had just started partnering with the Ascend Outreach Center and, um, I remember uh, the first time knocking on a door uh, as someone went to hide. They kind of cracked the door and uh, tried to hide their drugs. It it was a prostitute's room and uh, she had customers and there were drugs in the room. Can I tell you something? If you do that on a week-by-week basis and you just stand at the back and watch, but you're never doing anything, it can become almost sinfully familiar. But if you go up to these, um, these people who bear the image of God, let me repeat, that prostitute, that Drug user, abuser, or dealer, they bear the very same image of God that you do. When I walk up alongside them and I grab them by the hands and I pray with them, it creates in me a sense of care and concern that I can no longer neglect the oppression. There's another type of ignorance as well, born out of feelings, uh, of being self-absorbed in your own concerns, this would be the second. So there's there's ignorance as a lack of care. I don't think that's as true. There's an ignorance that is born out of familiarity. I would say that's that's probably the the middle one. Um, the other one that is so prominent is we would claim ignorance. And we would, we would say, just like this guy in Proverbs 24, look, I did not know. We would say this because we are so self-absorbed. We are so concerned with our own lives and our own daily goings about that we are blissfully ignorant of the oppression of those around us, those who are hurting, those who are... Um, barely making it, day to day, we can ignore them because we're so absorbed in our own lives. This is something we must awake from. You and I today must awake from the stupor of being ignorant and saying, look, you, you will not, according to this text, don't excuse yourself by saying, look, we didn't know. You won't be able to stand at the throne of God one day and, and, and when you go to answer for your life and your decisions, of which the Lord keeps a record, you're not going to be able to use the excuse, I didn't know. It's not going to fly. Blissful ignorance is not going to fly in the face of God. no. We have a duty to know. We have a duty to lean in. We have a duty to get our hands dirty. The excuse of negligence, look, I didn't know, isn't going to fly. And as Christians, we can't be indifferent to those who bear the image of God. Let's talk about the condemnation of negligence very quickly. The answer to negligence, the answer to ignorance, What the text does here is it compares it to God. Look at these powerful phrases. For God understands all hearts. And then it says, in the next, it says, He who guards your soul knows you knew. Very powerful description here. Um, The comparison leads us to this thought. A disregard for human suffering... Is not God's way. If you find your own personal life today as disconnected. As not caring, just having a general disregard for the suffering of others. Whether you like them or not. Whether you've determined they deserve it or not. Is not God's way. God of all creation, if the God of all creation has the time to be concerned with the obscurest sorrow and be ready to help, who are we to say, hey, you know what, God, I'm just too busy with my own petty personal concerns to take interest in the sorrow of others. It's an illness. It's a sickness. It's it's almost a... A plague of sorts on this side of the globe. We have to take interest in the sorrow of others that bear his image. Because we call ourselves what? Christians. Which literally means to imitate Christ. And there are strong implications for those who would say you're a Christian. But turn away from those who are staggering, according to the scripture, staggering towards their death. But yet we can turn away unconcerned and almost unconscious. Lastly, let's talk about the judgment of negligence. Look at the last part of verse 12. It says, he will repay all people as their actions deserve. There is such a judgment both in the present and in the future for Christians um, as for others, not only for what you do, but for what you don't do. Maybe even what you inconsistently fail to do, it's, it not only will influence you here, it's going to influence your eternity, our works, and what we do. Now, let me be very clear this morning. I am not talking about you earning your salvation. I am not talking about salvation in the smallest sense. What, and specifically, I'm not really even talking about people who aren't Christians, and, and frankly, I, I know some folks who would never proclaim Christ that seem to almost be more in tune to the suffering of others than some of the Christians that I know. But our works while we were here for the Christian, you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility. Our works... lack of will follow us into eternity. There are not only implications in the here and now. There are implications in the here and now. We have people that have attended our church, that, that started attending our church because someone from our church knocked on their hotel door. We have people in our church that um, are here because someone saw them in suffering and came alongside them. They didn't, they didn't want to neglect it. They didn't want to ignore it. As a Christian, as a Christ follower, they wanted to step into the mess and say, you know what? I'm going to value life. I'm going to recognize the image of God and the people around me. And so the, the, the one closing question I would have for you is this, what will you do with his word today? What will you do with his word today? As Christians, we cannot be indifferent towards the oppression of those who bear the image of God. We can't just check out, we can't just turn it off, we can't tune everything away and just focus on me and I'm what matters most. This is starkly different than Christ, who came not to, serve, not to be served, but to serve. And if that is um, the heart behind our Savior, who are we? Who are we? This morning, to say that we are too good or too busy or too consumed, or I've got my own junk going on. And look, some of us do. Some of us do. I'm not trying to take away from some of the battles some of you are fighting. But what I am saying is that for those who love the Lord today, is the day you need to start tuning in to the things of the Lord and react to his word to us that we value life. So what are you going to do? Are you going to turn away from the unexpected teen mom because you you think, well, she shouldn't have been doing that stuff anyway? Some of you be like, oh, Carl, that's so offensive. No, I've heard it said within church walls. Are you going to turn away from her? Are you going to turn away from the family that has nowhere to go? Are you going to turn a blind eye to the couple who's having trouble conceiving and trying to adopt? Are you going to turn away from the kids who are in foster care? Are you going to turn away from the drug addict because it's too messy or because they burned you once or twice or the the... Kids and women and people who are trafficked on a daily basis six minutes from our, our front door? Are you going to turn your eyes away from the abused because you just don't know how to handle it or you don't feel well enough equipped? Are you going to turn a blind eye to the mistreated? At Transformation Church, We are from the womb to the tomb. May our lives be marked by an unrelenting care and compassion for those who bear the image of God. I think that would make a huge difference in your 2022. I think it would make a difference in our communities 2022 if we as Christians... Say, you know what, Pastor? I'm going to join you today. I'm going to join you in this. We cannot be indifferent towards the oppression of those who bear the image of God. Let's pray together. Father, today we recognize your image on those around us and want to be a part of reaching the oppressed in our families reaching the oppressed next door, those who are struggling and needing your presence. God, use us as your hands and feet to be that presence that breaks yokes, that relieves burdens. That if we could dry just one tear, that it would be worth it, that if we could Help someone lift the heavy load, even just by one grain. Help us to see the way you see, hear what you hear. And may our hearts today be moved towards your heart for those who bear your very image. God, help us to be the people you've called us to be. Help us to not be indifferent to the pain around us today in the mighty name of Jesus that we ask. Amen. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.